Well, this morning, Mike asked if I'd come and do a couple of things. One was share a little bit about TrueBridge and who we are, what we're here for, and the purpose of TrueBridge. So I have some flyers I'm going to have handed out. You can each have a copy of it. It should be enough. And uh, I'm just going to talk through a little bit about who we are as a network of churches of TrueBridge. And then I'm going to share a little bit about the transition. As Mike had shared, I've had the benefit of going through a transition with Uncle Bernie and as well as Jim McCracken. I'm going to share a few things that I've learned through that transition And I really want to minister to you, the body of Christ, to be able to help you in this transition, to be able to be impacted as well as to impact others, that you have a role in this transition that God has for you. So True Bridge, as you're seeing as this gets passed out, is a family of churches. Uh, We're not a denomination. You know, Grace Life and this church, we would consider ourselves non-denominational. Our real focus and our passion is to honor and glorify God and to really preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We as TrueBridge are about 17 churches. When I started, we were about 30. So I'm doing a great job uh, growing the network. Some things uh, have to be dwindled down to have a greater impact. So we are about 17 churches through the Midwest here, most of them in Minnesota. And the really mission of TrueBridge is to build healthy and effective churches. What does that mean? What does it mean to be healthy and effective? Our goal is not to be large churches. That's not an inspiration that we have, how we measure our success. But we believe that we desire to be healthy and effective. And for something to be healthy and effective, it will grow. So we look at some core values that we see necessary in, within TrueBridge. And just to back up a second, TrueBridge... Started from Jim McCracken. He was a minister. He planted a church in Eden Prairie called City Hill Fellowship. And he really felt a call to grow and be more impactful in other churches. And he would travel to these different conferences. And they had all have different names of their network. So Jim came back and came up with his name, True Bridge. And he put that in place as a nonprofit. And he built a leadership team, which Mike Nelson and I and Bernie and Larry Dorman and uh, Neil... Um, Neil Tilke and some others have been part of that leadership team for years. But our heart is to really walk in the authority and the confidence that we have in the Lord and to live out these values. So what are values? You probably have them at church, hopefully as a family. Values are the vehicles in which you accomplish your mission by. I believe if these values are in place in our Trubus churches, we will be healthy and effective. The number one that we see is relationships. We see the value and the importance of relationships shared here this morning. There's many in this crowd that I have deep relationships. Some of you I went to high school with. Mike Fox and I went to high school together. I was always jealous of Mike. You know why? He's so much taller than me. <laughs> but you know what? We've shared stories of where we've been and, and how, where we're at today. And I can tell you, it's because of the work of the church that the Lord is doing that he's sitting in this front row. I remember, I won't share his story today, but I have some stories about him and he has some stories about me. But the fact that God would redeem people like him and me and we're here in a church together is pretty amazing. We have a classmate that made the paper here a few weeks ago. We were on that same path. We would have been there if the Lord hadn't rescued us. Those that are forgiven much, love much. And it's about relationships. It's a relationship somebody had in this couple that got them to be part of this church. Without relationships, we have nothing. So at TrueBridge, we want to build healthy and effective relationships. 
some of the ways that we do that in Truebridge is a pastor and wives retreat. Annie and I, working with the youth, we had an opportunity to go to the pastor and wives retreat before we became pastors. It was there that we developed relationships with those that were in the ministry, that were experiencing the hardness and the, the pressures that come with ministering the word of God. And we've seen that they were real people with real issues. They were transparent. They were vulnerable. So when it come time to, to say yes to the call, it was a little easier knowing that we had relationships within Truebridge that they would help us, they would get us, they would understand, they would pray for us and fight for us. We see it in the spring conference. We have it, we've been hosting the cities the last couple of years. It's been in Marshall. That's more open to the body, specifically the leaders within the church. That we want to develop relationships, not just with the pastors and wives, but also with the leaders. Another thing is the youth retreat. We desire to see our youth minister to and to connect and to get to know each other in the youth retreat. And I would say, of all the youth that go there, I think you guys have the craziest youth. I got tricked this last year. Hi, my name is Pastor Doug, the leader of Truebridge, and I approve this message. <laughs> that got used. I seen one of your youth go through a line of people brushing their teeth. And then he drank the cup. I was partially impressed and almost sick to my stomach. I happen to love that young man. But it's through that that we build relationships. In the last few years, Annie and I have been hosting a family camp to bring the families of the pastor and wives to get to know their kids, host it at our house to, just to get to get together, to connect through meals, pray for each other, and that's also been very helpful and meaningful. This summer, we're not going to do it. Uh, Annie and I are actually going on sabbatical. Uh, from Grace Life Church, I'm still going to be ministering, working with Truebridge, uh, but we are going to be on sabbatical this summer, um, so a lot of Grace Life people will probably be coming here through the summer months. <laughs> the last time I went on sabbatical, Pastor Rob invited me back and said, let's just welcome Pastor Doug back and all those that went on sabbatical with him. <laughs> it was so fun, I walked in that doors that first Sunday morning, and a young man come up to me and says, hey... Welcome to Grace Life Church. I said, hey, he goes, I've been coming to this church for a couple months. This place is awesome. I said, really? You like it? Yeah, it's really good. And then I got up on the stage and preached, and he come, I come off the stage. He's like, that was not nice. You're the pastor here. <laughs> yeah. The other is biblical view. That's one of our values. And we, this is under attack more than ever before. The more the word of God is in you, the less the world will affect you. You have to have, it's not Mike's desire Knowing the word and walking the word, that's going to impact you the most. It's important that he does, but you need to know the word for yourselves. You need to be able to discern what is true and what is right. And truth is under attack. And you have a responsibility individually to know the truth of the scripture. All of scripture reveals one thing, the love of Jesus Christ. The whole book is a story of redemption of mankind. All the stories, everything in it is God desires a relationship with you that he sent his son Jesus to die on that cross. You need to hear that daily, the truth of God's word. Today, at one of the biggest watched programs, there's going to be two Super Bowl ads. And it's going to be that God, or he, he gets us. Do you know that there's a war going on right now just with that? Somebody invested over $20 million to put these ads in the Super Bowl. 
Now they're being attacked because they should have spent that money on those in need instead of buying a TV ad. But their heart and their vision behind it, and I'm not completely sold necessarily on this yet, but the, the, the controversy is the fact that they would elevate the name of Jesus. And that's the real controversy. That We can all agree that there is a God, but when it comes to knowing and trusting in Jesus, which the Scripture says that He is the only way to salvation and to the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. So watch that today in the Super Bowl. And as a church, have discernment how we respond to people this week. I think it's going to be a real opportunity of how we discern and listen to people and how we speak of the name of Jesus. So we as Truebridge, the churches of Truebridge, we desire that we people would be and to know the word of God. Equipping. Ephesians 4.11, that the role of the pastors are to equip the people to do the work. We desire people to give an opportunities to be equipped to use their gifts to glorify God. The Holy Spirit, being able to hear from God and to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. I had this picture that was shared with me years ago about a stack of firewood. Having firewood here is really nice and pretty, a big pile of firewood. But it's not effective until what? It's lit on fire. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It takes your faith and the reality of knowing what is right. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it comes alive and powerful. When I receive the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit, that's when my life began to change. That's when I seen God begin to move me forward. We see that in the book of Acts and 2. Jesus told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until what? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. They knew that he could, they could not do it on their own strength, their own, their own ability. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit. In our churches, we want to be naturally supernatural and supernaturally natural. We don't want to see the gifts and the healings. We've prayed for healing. We believe in healing. That isn't the focus. The focus is as we pursue a relationship with the Lord and walk with Jesus, we will see things naturally happen because we desire to honor and glorify Him. And the last one is the Great Commission. How are they going to know unless we tell them? We need to go and make disciples. To baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And to know that He will never leave you nor forsake you. We need to be willing to train and disciple others that will train and disciple others. That's the master plan of evangelism. Jesus invested in 12 that would invest in 12. Discipleship happens in this church. I'm proud of you guys for the life groups, connect groups, whatever you call them. We called ours fruit groups for a while. We had a few people come from California, land of fruits and nuts. I shouldn't say that. Sorry, if anybody's from California, I didn't mean to offend you. Or watch it online. I'm not going to be back next week, so it don't matter. <laughs> so these five values, if these are functioning, we believe, within the local church, we believe that we'll be healthy and effective. And I challenge you and encourage you, take these values, if you don't have them for your family, and I believe the church has their values, but you individually should take these values on a piece of paper, even on your family, and write down we will statements behind them, or I will. If it comes to relationships, ask, write down on people, I will, and make three or four lists of behaviors. Because if you believe something to be true, you should behave differently. And then your emotions will come and your circumstances will be changed. Most of us spend all of our time worrying about our emotions and our circumstances. But we don't go back to, what do I really believe? 
If you change your belief, your behaviors will change. Begin to change what you believe to be right and true. Write down statements. If it comes to relationships, what do you believe about them? Do you think they're important and valuable? I will forgive those that hurt me. Oh, but Pastor Doug, you have no idea how much they hurt me. The next value is Bible. The Bible says, unless we forgive, we won't be forgiven. I will forgive others that hurt me. The closer we are together as a body, we have more opportunity to hurt one another. I don't hurt you very often because I don't see you very often. I'm with my wife every day. I hurt her often. Why? Because we're close. So I have to let her say she's sorry to me a lot. (laughs) Or maybe it's the other way around. So write down. Feel free to write down some I will statements. So I'm going to transition a little bit. If you have more questions about TrueBridge, and I just want to thank this congregation. You've been a part of TrueBridge. You've invested in TrueBridge. And uh, my heart and my vision over the years, it's been typically most of the resources went to support Jim McCracken's salary, which was good for a season. Uh, But we've been changing some of that. And our real heart and focus is, just like in a church, some of that will cover some of the administrative expenses. But we really want to position it that we can help to carry out these values and put money into those things that would help us do these things. So with your support, I'm excited about some things that we're planning this next year, uh, and it's exciting. I believe that many churches are going to grow. And one of the things that we're praying about, we have some Trubist churches that don't have senior pastors, and uh, we're looking and praying for those people. And in the two weeks, I'm going up to northern Minnesota in Clearbrook, well, there's another transition happening where a senior leader is passing off to a younger man, and I'm going to be a part of that to lay in Brad Bender as senior pastor of Clearbrook. Uh, so your investment in the True Bridge is helping these other churches be healthy and effective. So the money and the investment that you make is not just for me and for a few group of people, but we, you guys are having an impact on many other people and other churches. So I just want to thank you for that. Now I'm going to transition As Mike said, I've had the opportunity to live through a few transitions. And whether you know it or not, every organization is in transition. The question is, do we realize it? Are we intentional about it? Whether it's a home, a business, a church, all of us should be transitioning. And you guys have been faithful to begin the process of transition. Just to my understanding... That Matt Cherry has been communicated that in November, I believe there's a transition coming, God willing, that Mike Nelson is going to pass the baton on to Matt and Olivia Cherry and that they would get the vision to carry this church into the next season. I am preparing and praying for whoever would replace me at Grace Life Church to take it farther than I ever could before. Every leader has a lid. I have a lid. I have a capacity of what I'm able to do and how I can encourage and grow an organization and my desire is whoever comes behind me will take it much farther than i ever did and i believe that's what you're seeing here today part of TrueBridge, i had an opportunity to go to florida how many think that'd be a great opportunity this time of year now i know why these leaders did that just to get away from the cold but some of us leaders from TrueBridge went to florida for an interlink conference or lifelinks Interlinks. I get them interlinked. 
interlink conference that we met with leaders from other networks of churches. And the theme that year was transition. And it was before I transitioned with Bernie. And so listening to that, I picked up and learned some things. What's important to make a transition successful? And there was two major things. The person coming in had to have a desire to build and honor those that have gone before him. They shared stories about how the young guy came in, had a lot of ambition and vision and excitement. So he replaced all the stained glass windows, took out the pews, put in chairs. He didn't listen to anybody. He just quickly wanted to make a bunch of quick decisions to show that he did something. You know what happened? All those that have been part of the congregation for a long time didn't feel valued, didn't feel honored, and they all left. And they got a whole bunch of young people. Well, what would be the problem with that? You know, those ones that have been sitting in the pews for 30 years and maybe have some gray hairs or no hair? They're the ones that supported the ministry. They're the ones that invested and believed and fought for the ministry. Well, now they were all gone. And they didn't have those that had vision for the church long term. So the ones coming in have to have a vision to honor those that have gone before them, but yet be their own person, to learn from those. This church has had a deep history. I love how you guys pray for people, pray for healing. I love that you have a compassion to live out the purposes that God has for you as a church. I don't believe any of those things are going to change. But we need to allow room for Matt and Olivia, the next generation leaders, to have vision. I have no idea how much time I have left. I'll just, all right. Oh, good. What time does the Super Bowl start? 7 o'clock? So in transition, the guy coming in has to have uh, a desire to honor and build on that which has gone before him. And the guy that's going has to not have a level of entitlement. I think some of the greatest threats to a soul of man is feeling like you're a victim and you're entitled. If we fall victim to those things, it can be really damaging to the body of Christ. So the guy leaving, Mike and Cindy, we need to be able to honor them. And I'm going to get to that here in a little bit. So what role do you guys play? The, the, the elders, they've been working with Jim, myself, Ben. We've been talking about these things with Matt. Uh, been believing, praying for them. There's been lots of meetings, transition. It's been communicated. But what, what role do you guys play? Do you just sit back, go with the flow? What role do you guys play? I want to share some things today that you have a role in this transition. Okay? Can I do that with you guys? The number one is trust. Annie touched on it briefly. If you read Patrick Lencioni's book, that Ben Bader is a good fan of, as, my, as well as myself, I think Ben introduced it to me, to have an organizational health, you need to have trust, a cohesive leadership team. As Annie said, you need to learn to trust the Lord. Psalm 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. I believe this church is going to prosper. Why? Because your trust is not in man, it's in the Lord. And you need to trust the Lord in this transition. When I was set in as senior pastor, a few months afterwards, one of the elders come up to me and said, Doug? I said, yeah. 
just so you know, you weren't my first pick. (laughs) And I said, just so you know, neither was I. (laughs) You need to trust that the Lord has ordained it. You need to trust your leaders. You need to trust one another. Trust is so critical right now. You need to trust the process. You need to believe for what the best. It is a miracle to me that God would use imperfect people like me to share the greatest message of hope. We're driving down here today and my son Deacon says, Dad, are you nervous? I said, well, I don't know if it's so much nervous. You know, I'm kind of over that if I say something wrong or if I fall off the stage. I've kind of gotten to where I just, that's just part of me. My church in Marshall knows that I mispronounce words. I screw up names. So I asked for a bottle of water. And my beautiful servant lady brought it to me. And I said, thanks, Fuji water. That stuff is, that's really nice and fancy. And Deacon said, Dad, it's not Fuji, it's Fiji. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not nervous, but I, I, I told Deacon, I said, you know what, Deacon, I'm not nervous. But I have to be honest with you. There's a weight that comes with this position. I said, I love this church. I love these people. And I know that one day that I'm going to stand before the Lord and give account to what I preached this morning and how I've served Truebridge and the family of churches. There's a weight that comes with that. Just like there's a weight that comes with being the senior leader. There's a heaviness and a burden that comes. But also with that, there's an anointing. And the reason that transitions need to happen is because God gives grace for leaders to do things for a season. God has blessed these two. He has had grace upon their lives. In the last couple of years, you may have noticed, and they have may have noticed, that grace has started to been removed. Why does God do that? Because there's a transition needed. It's not because they're failing or they're just getting too old. Maybe. <laughs> when Pastor Bernie, before I transitioned, it was harder for him to do what he always loved to do. And the congregation sensed that and felt that. It wasn't that he was failing. It's just grace was being removed to get him to, to transition. The danger is when that guy stays in there longer than the grace is there, that's when you have trouble. The reason you can trust your leaders is they identified the purpose and the call on this couple And they identified the transition, the grace was being removed, the danger would be to wait too long. And the reason it's dangerous is because many times as a senior leader, our identity becomes our church. Whether it's how big, how successful it is, and it's a trap. Sometimes it's our identity. What else am I going to do? One of my favorite mentors is this little man named Bob Gelbreth. And he used to tell Mr. Wing... If you think you're that important, put your hand in a bucket of water and pull it out. That's how important we are. We're all replaceable. But while we're there, we need to be diligent and to serve the best of our ability. So we need to trust the Lord and we need to trust one another. The next thing is keep the big picture in mind. There is no perfect church because there is no perfect person other than Christ. This church is made up of imperfect people worshiping a holy God. We come with all of our baggage, all of our hurts, all of our wounds, but we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's what worship is here to do, to get our focus off ourselves and each other and to put it on him. This is another thing I'm asking you to do for 
Mr. Cherry. Where is he at? Right there. Let him fail. What? Why would you want him to fail? Because failure is not fatal. You need him to fail. You need him to give him the ability to make decisions, to move forward, and to know that you trust him. One of the worst things you can do for a young leader, whether it's in your kids' ministry, your youth ministry, is to not let them dream, not let them think and hear from God and take steps of faith. You've got to let him do that. And sometimes he's going to miss it. He's going to fall short. He's going to make a mistake. And I'm not talking about big issues of sin and just say, it's no big deal, just live however you want. I'm talking about his passion and desire to hear from the Lord and to move forward. Here's an example. Set in as new leader, we begin to grow again. I felt like, you know what? It's getting a little tight in here. We're meeting the gymnasium. I said, I think we need to go to two services. <gasps> Everybody shared all the reasons they wouldn't work. And I just continued to maneuver and cast vision and the time come. The elders approved. We communicated to the body. We're going to two services. Woo! It was just like that. Not as many people were as excited as about me. So that first Sunday, I'm praying. I'm excited. I'm in the gymnasium standing by the door. Eight o'clock. For some reason, we thought eight o'clock would be a great first service. So I'm there. I'm all ready. I'm standing in the doorway, and I'm ready, and worship's starting, and... uh, it's like five after eight, and there's like three people sitting in the church. I'm just like, what is going on? Isn't this a great idea? How many of you know Rob Faulkner in here? All right. Rob Faulkner walks through the door, and he sees me panicking. He walks up to me and says this. And this is Rob. If you let know him, just picture this. He said, he walks right up to me and says, you just killed the church. Really, that's exactly what he said. And just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm not human. I actually said, I don't need your, and I said a naughty word. I don't need that right now. And then he said something very impactful. He said, Doug, it's not about you. If you felt God has called you to do this, you need to have peace that you did the right thing. And that brought such peace. You need to trust this next level of leaders. Let them fail. Let them make decisions that don't necessarily maybe fit your idea. There's a difference between a critical thinker and a critical person. I've learned to love critical thinkers because I don't have all the answers. I surround myself with a lot smarter people than me. Fortunate for me, that's not hard to do. Okay? So the difference is critical people are always critical no matter what. Critical thinkers are thinking about how to make the situation organization better. If we talked about all the degree, let's go to California. Well, let's just say Florida. Let's go to Florida. I've already insulted California, so I won't be able to go back. Let's go to Florida. We all agree, but we all have a different idea how to get there. Some of you deep personalities would like to get on a plane and just make the quickest trip to Florida. Others would maybe want to drive and see the scenery. When it comes to church life, there's a lot of ways to do things. Lights on, lights off. Prayer in the front, prayer in the back. One service, two services, three services. There's a lot of things, different ways to do things. So it's good to be able to process and share those things. But you've got to ask yourself, am I being critical or am I being a critical thinker? 
in every situation, you're going to get into conversations. I know they're happening. They still happen in our church. Two pitchers. You got water and you got gasoline. You can either add water and put the fire out. I don't know. Let's just wait and see what Matt's going to do. Or, better yet, let's just begin to pray that God will have his way. Or you have gas and you say, yep, I knew he was crazy. I knew he was too young. He shouldn't be hanging out with Pastor Doug. That guy's nuts. <laughs> don't compare. That's the hardest one. I thought I had to be Pastor Bernie. He was an amazing man. He had great gifts and still does. Pastor Bernie, the grace was removed. They set me in and there was a different grace for Bernie. Right now, Bernie and Judy are our biggest fans. Even when I know my sermon wasn't so good, he would always come up and say, great job, good job, and just encourage me. There's times he would challenge me to get better, but don't compare. Matt is not Mike. Mike is an amazing leader. He's got great gifts, counseling, a lot of great things that he does. That doesn't mean that's going to be Matt's greatest gifts. Let him find out who he is and what he does well, and let him do a lot of that. Don't make him do things that he's not necessarily gifted in strength, even though maybe that was Mike's giftings. I tell Matt when I meet with him, don't do what others can do. And as a paid pastor, you think, i got to do everything. But that's not our job. Our job is equip the people to do the work. I believe you're going to see more of that in the days to come. So some people like lights on, not lights off. I think that's my sign of the time has come. Last thing on that point is what you look for, you will find. What you look for, you will find. You look for the worst in people, you're going to find it every time. Look for the best. Create a culture where you celebrate the wins. Last night I was at the Atlantic Place restaurant. A couple was leaving. The, the host there... I'll just say his name, Adam. He went over and greeted the people walking out and said, hey, thanks for coming in. It was great to see you. When Adam came by me, I said, Adam, I just want you to know that was, a, that was a win. That's what we like. That's what we want to see is that people feel as excited coming in as they leave. Same thing here. What you look for, you find. Celebrate the victories. When people take steps of faith and they walk out, let them know, when you did this, it mattered in my life. That's how you move forward. This last thing about... Honoring Mike and Cindy. There's going to be an opportunity, obviously, when the trans, um, transformation, transition <laughs> happens. <laughs> you're hoping for that, too. Um, you're going to have opportunities to honor them, and there will probably be a big celebration, fireworks, all these things. They're leaving. Woo! <laughs> a one-way ticket to somewhere is not honoring them, just so you know. Okay? But there will be time to honor them. Honor them now. Encourage them. And again, um, I remember that first time somebody came in and said, yeah, I want to meet with Pastor Wing. Like, oh, they're here to see me. And then they, Bernie was still in the office. They walked back in his office. I, oh, really? They didn't want to meet with me? There's some people that are always going to connect with Pastor Mike. And that's fine. And some others will want to connect with Matt. Mike is irreplaceable. Matt is not replacing Mike in the sense of a person. Mike and Cindy have been amazing. You guys know that. We know that. She was our kindergarten teacher for all of our children. I was, she's the only teacher that's ever come to me and talked about my behavior of one of my children. <laughs> Can I tell that joke in here or not? Probably not appropriate. 
Can I jet? No, it was you. Let's just say Braylon. Let's just split it in the middle. It's not even my fault. So, was it Deacon? Oh. See, we got, that's why she's here. She keeps notes of these things. So Jim McCracken, our fearless apostolic leader, was in our home. And Jim's a storyteller. He likes to tell jokes. So he tells Deacon this joke. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm saying this here. There's grace here, right? So why did the squirrel swim across the lake on his back? To keep his nuts dry. You know, he had a bag of nuts to, to feed his cousins. So, so Sydney comes up the stairs, and she's laughing. She goes, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. She's like, well, we're in class, and Deacon starts telling this joke. And uh, she said, the hardest part is I was trying not to laugh. All the other kids didn't get it. And, but you need to know that's not appropriate for a kindergartner to share these jokes in school. Uh, Man, that was fun. <clears throat> so Jim's no longer allowed to tell jokes to my kids in our house. But with that, you guys, we love this church. We believe in you guys. You, there's great things yet to come. I am so excited for what God has in, in, intended for you. I have no idea how to close this. I'll turn it over to you, but I'm going to pray. But I just, I really appreciate the opportunity, and we're excited. We're we're not going anywhere. Annie and I are into this for the long haul. We want to love and support you guys whatever capacity we can. Uh, I think you're in a safe hands. I, I'm excited for the new things. I'm excited for the old things. And I just really believe the best is yet to come. Amen. So let's just bow our heads and our hearts and say a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for this church. I thank you that it's your bride that you make without spot or wrinkly. And Lord, that many times we are wrinkly. We have wounds and hearts and heaviness and burdens that we carry for ourselves and others. But Lord, that you come, your blood comes to um, make us without spot or without wrinkle. So Lord, I just thank you for this church, the body of Christ, that you would continue to care for and shepherd these people, overwhelm them with your great love. I pray for this transition, that your hand be upon it, that we continue to grow and experience your goodness and your grace. In the midst of it all, you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. It was great to see all of you. And uh, have a great Super Bowl Sunday.